0: Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama of four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Maxine. Maxine Wanari is a certified life coach, best selling author, international speaker, and the founder of The Future is Greater, a professional services company based in the UK. She is passionate about helping moms create more time to do what they want for themselves without having or having their never ending to do list in the back of their mind. I understand that. I have four children. <laughs> Oh, yeah, (laughs) it's a (laughs) nonstop. Her work and message have been featured on several stages and publications internationally, including HuffPost, Success Magazine, and Thrive Global. Prior to starting her company, she studied for her MBA at Cambridge University and acquired over 15 years experience in various leadership roles in the technology and financial industries. Well, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's so good to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Yes, and I would love to start off. Um, so, you had it rough when you were <laughs> younger. Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, so, um, where do I even begin? I, I've got to say, yes, I had it rough, but it was nobody's fault, on my own. You know, usually, you know, when people have it rough when they're young, you know unfortunately, something bad. This was my own making. You know, I kind of got brought up in a family. There's four siblings. Um, My parents took us to church, you know, good people, you know. However, you know, growing up, I was kind of quiet, very introverted, kind of, you know, in my little books, but I never really kind of processed things, like if somebody did something to annoy me, I'd kind of just keep it in and I'd just bottle it up and bottle it up and bottle it up. And one day I literally just snapped and thought, you know what, I know everything. You know, I'm gonna show mom and dad. I'm gonna go, you know, for my idea of freedom. And you know, I think, yeah, I was 17 at the time. I was like, right, I'm running away from home. And it was, you know, that was the first stupid decision. And then it was like one stupid decision after another, like the wrong guy, then drugs, then, you know, all kinds of craziness. So like one point I actually found myself homeless, like literally homeless, you know, addicted to all kinds of stuff. Um, You know, I'd lost my job at Starbucks and literally down to my last few pounds. That's like the money we have here in the UK. not (laughs) pounds. Down to my last few pounds. And I had this crazy friend who was with me, probably just as crazy as I was saying, oh, you know, let's go meet this guy. And, you know, we can interview with him for a job. We can make loads of money. We don't have to do too much. Do you want to come? And I'm like, of course, let's go. And basically, you know, the realization of what I was getting myself into didn't really hit me until I walked into that room. And I was like, oh oh my goodness. Like looking at this guy, he's the most terrifying individual I've ever seen. Just so dodgy. Do you guys have that word dodgy? Dodgy looking, strange looking? Mm, Sketchy, sketchy is what we use. Yeah, Mm. sketchy as anything. And he's like looking at me and I'm like panicking, thinking, oh my goodness, like what in the world am I doing here? I begin to kind of shake and panic thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I must have kind of zoned out because the next thing I remember is this sketchy dude saying, you know how much you're supposed to charge, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know what i like, what do you charge? I don't know. And I just remember sitting there, you know, standing there, sorry, at this point, my mouth open, not sure what to say, you know, what to do, where to look, thinking, oh my God, I can't do this. And this guy, it's like, he can read my mind because he's like, what choice do people like you have anyway? Like you know, oh. it was a mess. Like literally I had let down every single person who cared about me. Like, you know, I basically ruined my life. And, you know, he was basically, probably your listeners have figured out, like, this was a pimp, right? He yeah. was basically looking to recruitment. And he's like, you know, people like you, this is where you end up. You'll never get another job. And you know, the interesting thing, he was right, because looking at all the circumstances, There was no other options for me, but I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, like I wanted to be a doctor growing up. How can this be my only choice? Like, oh my God, how in the world do I get out of this? And as I stood there, all these panic thoughts, like kind of running through my mind, I heard a voice within me say, this is not who you're meant to be. You are meant for so much more. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea who or what that voice is, but I want so badly for that to be the truth right now. I'm going to believe it. And that basically gave me what I needed to kind of turn and run out of that room into the freezing cold street. And I'm telling you what, I always say this, but it's so true. Like cold air had never felt so good. Like cold, fresh air had never felt so good. And I remember just standing there in the middle of the night, like lonely, sketchy street, Soho, thinking, oh my gosh, now what? And I kept on like listening to her voice like, now what? And I had learned. And basically kept on following that voice and it basically led me back into the school system I dropped out of. I ended up going from like dropout to like, you know, award-winning student getting the equivalent of like a 4.0 GPA for you guys, yeah. like the best things, winning the wars, going to an amazing university then went on to build my my international career, met and married my husband, and I've just been so blessed to see just the impossible become possible just from trusting that voice, and I had no idea who or what that voice was, and now I've come to know that voice, you know, as the voice of God, you know, interestingly enough, like my parents brought me up going to church, but like, you know, God was like my parents' God, like God was like my grandfather, that's like my mom and dad's father, but that (laughs) voice, I've come to kind of know God as my God, who kind of guides me, and it went from I went from this non-believer of like what nonsense are these people talking about to like oh wow God can really make a difference in your life, and He helped me turn my life around, and I've um, been listening ever since, <laughs> and um, hopefully he'd been living life uh, in the way I was meant to—that more that I got you know called out to live at that point.
0: As a parent of a 17 or almost 18-year-old, I have to ask you, what the heck were your parents thinking during this time? Like, not uh, that I'm not, I'm not blaming them. I'm saying like they must have no. been so worried and so like out of
1: their minds. Totally. And you know, now as a parent, I have two kids nowhere near that age, but just the thought of like, oh my God, what did I put them through? Um, they were, you know, at one point, I don't think they knew where was for like months on end. So it's just probably the worst thing a parent could go through to kind of not know where your child is and, um, you know, not know how bad it was, you know, this is the life I was living. This is how close I got to kind of making a living from that sort of lifestyle. So it was horrifying for a parent, I'm sure. Um, we've not, I mean, we've thankfully now made peace with each other, but we, have, we don't go there in discussions. I think it's just it's just too much, you know, to actually think that this is your child went through this. Um, but they've been so loving and forgiven, you know, that we, we have an amazing relationship now.
0: Yeah, I think as a parent, sometimes we have to realize our kids will make mistakes and we can't do anything about it. Right. Um, I had a surprise when I was 17. I got pregnant with my daughter. That's why the age difference. People are like, you look so young to have 18 an 18-year-old 18 or almost 18-year-old. I'm like, cause I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so like I can't, you know, as a parent right now, I'm thinking like Please just don't do the things I did. Just please learn from my mistakes. Oh, I say that prayer every day. I'm like, oh dear God, please do
1: not let these children ever think that they're gonna go find freedom in the stupid way I thought I was gonna find freedom. But yeah, you know, it's um you can, you know, you just have to pray and
0: hope for the best. People have to make their own minds. Our kids have to make their own minds up, right? Right, right. And if we just try to control them too much, they're gonna rebel and go do the things anyways. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about um, how you went from like, you said you weren't like the best student before you dropped out, right? And ran away from home. How did that happen? How did you like get your your, your know, butt in line and be like, okay, I'm going to just drill down and I'm going to make this happen. And and Cambridge is like, that's a good university. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the best
1: universities in the world.
0: Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Um, no,
1: initially, so this was kind of, I've kind of just walked you through like 20 years of like history in like however, minutes, however many minutes that was. Yeah. But initially, so when I kind of heard go learn and I'm like, what do you mean learn? I've got nowhere to learn. Like, you know, what do you mean learn? So literally I, m- I remember walking around that whole night thinking learn, 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 what do you mean? And I happened to walk past like a newspaper stand. I don't think we have them anymore where like they have like the headlines and they see those newspapers saying something along the lines of if you don't have the grades you need, you can go through this process called clearing. So clearing is a process over here in the UK that, you know, when all the good students who get the great grades get into the university, some spaces are left. So if you didn't get good grades, you phone off and say, hey, uh, I need a space. Can you let me in? So that was happening at that time. So I'm like, oh, learn. So that's what it means. So I went to like a payphone booth, which we definitely don't use anymore. And I called clearing with like one of my last few like pounds. And, and they got me into a university doing um, a degree, but it was in London. So I you know, I was smart before I started doing, you know, smart, intellectually smart, obviously not life smart to make decisions. (laughs) Like I was intellectually smart. But you know, when you kind of start hanging with the wrong people, then you don't you drop out of school, you don't get to lessons, you drop out, you fail. But the brain cells were still working. So I went back into um, you know, this university in London through clearing, but because I was still around some of the same influences, some of the same people, even though I was kind of like learning and kind of going to university, you know, in the new um place. Still, there were the bad influences because I was kind of like one foot in, one foot out. The r- real breakthrough from like, you know, dropout to, you know, superstar student was when I again, again, got led by that voice to go back to clearing the following year to then go tra- get transferred to a university, which was hundreds of miles away in Wales. So that kind of moved me away to start a totally new degree or um, major, I think you guys call it, yeah. um, totally new major in a totally new uh, part of the United Kingdom away from all of those strange, sketchy friends. So now I was kind of on my own. I couldn't go like, you know, go do anything stupid. I literally just had to study. And I had such a, um, had a low self-esteem from like, oh my mm. gosh, what if they find out who I am? But I kind of kept to myself, like I studied, I, you know, I, was, I became a really good student. And then I started making good, healthy friendships. And then, you know, they studied too. And then, you know, you, who you surround yourself with is so important. Yes. And that whole, for me, that whole separation of like, just get away from that influence, that was the game changer. And then I was you know, initially hiding from people because I was so ashamed and that helped me in a way because I was like, okay, well, what else is, is there to do in Wales, got study. And then that, <laughs> <laughs> that became, the, that was the turnaround. And you know, that when I did really well and I got some amazing work experience through some doors that opened up, um, you know, Cambridge, I then had done enough you know, intellectually and you know, experience wise to then get into Cambridge for my MBA.
0: Yeah. And so people really need to take away from what you just said was like, just because you didn't do the best as a student in the beginning doesn't mean you can't go on to be a good student. See, what happened to me was like uh, when I was 17, I got I started partying. Um, that's how I got pregnant when my daughter was at a party. But I, I, I quickly brought myself back around. And I'm like, I'm a good student, graduated yeah. top like in the top five of my class from high school. And then went on to college and got into that party crowd again and got like attached to those people and my grades. And I got into like a really nice university where I'm from. And my grades just went all the way down. Last, last, very last semester in college uh, for my bachelor's, I flunked out. Oh, flunked right out. And it took years before I went back to school. I started going back to school in 2018 um, and I'm finishing up my bachelor's in psychology now. I did have some um, credits that transferred, but not a lot because the grades weren't the best. <laughs> and and I'm I'm getting ready. I'm applying to um, master master's programs right now. I want to eventually get my PhD, but um, my husband's job may not keep us here long enough to finish the PhD. So I'm gonna do the masters, and then when we settle someplace, do the PhD. So I I was like the opposite. I was like, I'm a good student, I'm a good student. Oh no, not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the
1: funny thing though, I I really think everybody's on such a unique journey. Like just looking at you, like, it's just so incredible. I just could not imagine, like, you know, going back to do the level of study that you're doing with kids like right now. So that in itself is just hats off to you mama, like incredible. And you've also had your own schooling from life, right? So even though I kind of flunked out, I kind of went off on this detour and I cringe sometimes when I think about some of the things I do, I wouldn't actually change it for the world Mm -hmm. because It has made me who i am it has given me this level of like i'm coaching people all the time all around the world i have zero judgment like anybody can come to me about anything and i'm like i'm not on some high horse thinking i'm better than you because there's nothing you could tell me that could shock me and i think that this level of compassion this level of love for humanity just knowing where i've come from it was part of why i had to go through that so i think for you as well you um you know you can probably speak better for yourself but hopefully you've seen along the way why you had to kind of take the detours you did
0: Yeah. And if I hadn't, I definitely would not be the person I am today. I actually wouldn't have met my husband (laughs) if I hadn't made the mistakes we met at a wedding. It was just very serendipity. And I would have never been at that wedding if I hadn't made the mistakes I made. There you go. And so that's how I met him. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine my life without him. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. (laughs) It happens. It happens. Yeah. So you graduated with your MBA. What happened after that? I mean, you said some doors open. I mean, you graduated from Cambridge, so I can only imagine yeah, that, that, that some doors opened. Religious. <laughs> oh, my God,
1: it really catapulted my career. So I went on to work for um, IBM, like a technology firm, kind of on one of their leadership programs, literally living all around the world with them. Um, um, and just really just various different leadership positions, New York, uh, you know, Hungary, uh, Ireland, like all around traveling and just building this incredible career. I actually ended up being um, nominated as one of the t- top 30 under the age of 40 in the industry. Wow. And it was just so amazing. I feel so blessed to be able to do that. And sometimes like, you know, it just went so far from where I started that when I think that I'm like, who was that woman? Like, who was that? And and I love that because I think there's nothing that special about me. I think anybody, no matter where you're starting at, you know, you can get to the point where you're like, oh my gosh, that was me, you know, based on wherever it is your heart's desire wants to take you. So yeah, my career, I was very blessed to kind of live and travel and, you know, just see the world while doing incredible, fulfilling and um, impactful work, you know, in, in technology and finance.
0: Yeah, I, I look back and I'm like, who was that person? like <laughs> i was a mess like i'm not saying i'm not a mess now but in a completely different way uh, <laughs> but like who is that person doing all these things this you know these things that hurt other people and yeah. and hurt me and i don't mean physically i just mean emotionally and You know, who was that person at one point in time um, before I met my husband, before I was in an abusive relationship, we lived in a house that should have been condemned with two kids, like literally um, the hot water uh, heater would only give you hot water for about five minutes. Um, It was missing part of the roof. Uh, A lot of the uh, floors were just plywood floors like it yeah it was we didn't have a stove mm-hmm. uh we always just microwave stuff it was I look back and I'm like I lived in that house with my children and I yeah. had believed my ex when he was like we're gonna make this amazing it's gonna be great and months went by months went by and nothing was changing in this house and he just got he was um at the time he was a drug addict and alcoholic he's since been sober since he met his wife so it's great we we have a child together um but yeah he just got worse and worse and worse and more abusive and I look back and I'm like who was that person living in this house (laughs) yeah Yeah. how is that possible
1: wow (laughs) exactly so I think you know life you know you just keep and to be honest it's so funny what you say now that you're a mess now but like think about you know how amazing you are compared to that woman because yes. we're, we're both young you know we're on this journey where hopefully we'll look back to now and be like oh thank goodness we've come so far from even now right and that's the beautiful kind of evolution of life
0: <laughs> yeah no exactly I'm like by this time I'm 40 I should have my PhD I'm sure I'll be a much less of a mess by then <laughs> Um, So, you know, you worked in technology and finance. How, how did that transition from what you, where you are now, what you do now, why did you transition? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's funny because I kind of, every shift I make, like everything I do in life I kind of look back and like, it always kind of starts off from this point, moment in time of like, oh my God, what's going on? Like I just described, or what am I gonna do in my life? So this big shift from like, you know, working in technology, you know, doing traveling all around the world with IBM and all of that, that came, you know, led to me then having, I met my husband, incredible. You met your husband at a wedding. I met mine at christening It was kind of very sensitive as well. He was um the godfather to uh, the baby being christened and I was the godmother. We kind of met, we're like, ooh, is this a setup? It wasn't, but we just kind of clicked. And you know we got we got, got together. We got married. I moved to Norway then, where he lived. Um, oh, I funny. my
0: husband said Norway is beautiful. He's been there.
1: It is. It is so stunning, as in if you like beautiful scenery, mountains, lakes, you know, oh, just go. Gorgeous. So, and also it's very very good for women, like you know in terms of women's rights and stuff. So things like you know giving birth, like maternity wise, you get like one year maternity. You get wow. Right, And I think every single woman on the planet should have that choice. Mm -hmm. And I say choice because not every woman wants it as I quickly found. Because I went from like this high-flying job where I'm this sales executive going here, there, everywhere at IBM. Now come have my baby. And I'm effectively a stay-at-home mom with no Mm -hmm. adult to talk to. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, I honestly, I feel so blessed. I have everything. I have the house, the man, the everything. But I don't know that I'm gonna make this a year through this. What a shock. Yes. I didn't know this at the time, but I had like, you know, depression, like postnatal depression from like, just so many emotions kind of raging. And I just thought, oh my God, I'm gonna die. Like I can't. So I remember just literally every single day, like just smiling on the outside, looking in, it looks so perfect. But on the inside, I was just so tormented because I was trying my best to kind of be the good wife and be the good mom and mm-hmm. be the good everything and doing everything for everybody. But I was so miserable. And I remember literally one night I fed my daughter, I, you know, put her to bed, went to the bathroom it was like two three in the morning I remember looking in the mirror and just not recognizing the woman looking back at me and I just thought I can't like what in the world is going on like I can't do this I'm like god I I just can't I need a miracle and it was almost like I was kind of back in that room when I walked in I saw the sketchy dude because in my mind the thought that came into my head was like what choice do you have anyway isn't this what people do when mums become mums like everybody's first and you're last right isn't that what you just do because I'd heard like, you've got to sacrifice, you've got to, you know, everybody else is more important. Once you have kids, it's all about them. That's the kind of well-meaning messaging I'd heard, but I was doing all those things to be good, but felt anything but good. I'm like, God, I need a miracle. I don't know what it is, but I need one. And it was almost like, I didn't hear any audible voice like last time, because it wasn't as desperate as last time, I guess. (laughs) I I remember just sensing in my um, spirit, like, okay, well, you could just do like a part-time study course, maybe 10 to 15 hours a week. I'm like, yeah, actually, I could do 10 to 15 hours a week study and then look after my child. That's a perfect way to spend the year. Great. So I went to bed feeling really good about my, you know, my thing I was going to do. And I remember the next day I kind of woke up, I think I was on Facebook while I was like breastfeeding or something. And I remember I'd never noticed a Facebook ad in my entire life. And for the first time I see a Facebook ad saying, have you got 10 to 15 hours a week spare for some (laughs) part time learning? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) do you like to help people? I'm like, yeah. Or do you want to use your experiences to become a transformational coach? I'm like, I think so. What's a transformational coach? So I clicked on this link and it ends up being an advert for this um, academy where they basically take you for a year. They train you how to use your um, experiences and your, uh, you know, your life experiences to basically help other people through coaching. So I'm like, perfect. I'm going to study for certification and they teach you how to build a business around it. So very long story short, I ended up spending my maternity leave not only giving birth to a baby, but a business, because I kind of went through Divine Living Academy, it was at the time, and got my certification, and, you know, learned how to coach, and kind of built a little bit of business by the time I went back, so by the time I went back now, I had my business, I had, like, the IBM thing, I loved both, and both were kind of growing, but it got to the point where it's like, well, you can't really, you can't keep doing both, because at this point, women were coming to me, like, oh, how do I have a career, and have a, um, you know, how do I have a career, and have a life, like, work-life balance type stuff, and I'm like, I can't coach you on work-life balance. I don't have it. Like, literally. So I'm like, okay, God, what do I do? And like, literally heard in 2018, like, you know, it's time to leave uh, the IBM thing and go on to full-time with your business. And that was terrifying because to me, what do you mean? Uh, All I've known is kind of go study, you know, work. That's what we do. But it was a very strong lead-in to leave and and go off on my own. So that's what I did. And I've been doing it since 2018 now.
0: I always uh, say that moms are built. We're all built differently, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Some people love being a stay-at-home mom. They yeah. thrive in it. They do Absolutely. all these fun crafts. I am not that person. Oh, I was no. miserable when I was a stay-at-home mom because I am not built like that. <laughs> no.
1: No absolutely not like literally I remember like it was so funny I feel bad actually I don't feel bad because I totally own who I am now and every mom has the right to be who she wants to be right I remember during the pandemic when you know everybody was struggling over here to buy food and buy like toilet paper did you guys have that over there oh yeah we're still we still have bouts of it when things go like crazy Okay, so we were having that, and I remember it was the height of everything. I was like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? And then my sister, she's not a stay-at-home mom, but she's kind of like very hands-on, crafty. She homeschooled her her kids before we all had to. Like, yeah, she's one of the of And she's like, oh, don't worry, I'm just gonna show you how to bake bread. I'm like, bake bread? We'll starve, thanks. Like, no, I'm not gonna bake bread. Like- <laughs> I am not one of those
0: women,
1: no. 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 I'm like, listen, we'll figure it out. We're gonna like boil some pasta and like eat the pasta for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but I am not gonna bake bread. So I think like everybody, every mom has the right to be who she is, right? But my sister was busy baking bread and she had all the things and like all these colourful rainbow crafts. And then my my kids were like, they were fine. Honest thing is like every mom, you're okay for your kids, you know. The problem is when we start comparing ourselves in the old days when I was so depressed, like you know, initially, like still finding myself. I would look at people like my sister and all the other moms making all the rainbow crafts and making the bread and be like, well, oh, I'd better start baking bread. And I'd make myself feel so bad. Like, and then I'd bake the bread and probably burn it. And then I'd feel bad for burning the bread because I'm obviously not a good mom, in quotes. And we just beat ourselves up because we're being somebody we were never, ever created to be. Now I'm like, nope. I know my purpose. I'm going after that. And, and leave all the other moms to do what their purpose is, hopefully.
0: There is so much mom shame. I feel like moms are the most guilty of this, right? They're like, well, you're supposed to do this and you're supposed yeah. to do that. And I'm like, yeah. I'm an inherently selfish person. I need my time and I yeah. need space. Yeah. I have taught my children, like ask me for a hug because sometimes I don't want to hug. Sometimes I don't want you clinging to me. I mean, they're older now, so they don't cling to me as much. They're uh, almost 18 yeah. 11, nine, and nine. But like, I am one of those people that, like, sometimes I don't. Mm-mm, please. I like yeah. Skype to my room some days, like, just be like, I'm it. No, they have learned. We taught them at a young age do not come in my room. That is my space. You can knock and I might let you go- come in, but don't, no, don't, no. That's my place. And so that's the kind of person I am. But I know some moms who like co sleep with their kids until their kids are like, seven or whatever. And like they love it. And they love to have their kids all like hugging on them all the time. I am not that person. I've just both and the good thing is both are okay.
1: It's yeah. okay it's when we start looking at the other ones and start judging when we have zero clue what that person's soul's journey is about like the amount of people that try to judge me and i'm like you have zero idea about my soul's journey and in fact a lot of the things you're complaining about if you actually focus on your life instead of mine and other people's, maybe you'd have time for that some of that (laughs) stuff you know nobody's right nobody's wrong as long as you know let me put my hands up as long as somebody's not kind of abusing their child or you know doing something to harm their child that's wrong right right. but if it's preferences like listen ask me for a hug that that is fair like quite frankly you know we need to be able to show kids like hey this is this is what it is rather than taking a hug where you don't feel like it you shouldn't be made to feel wrong for who you are never that's one thing i take a stand for the moms I, i work with i'm like you discover who you are and go do do that because if you try to be any other mom you will be so miserable and the people that you're trying to do this impress don't even care like they literally
0: don't even care. they're living their lives and they're not watching you. Yeah, I have to have a purpose outside of my kids. That's the kind of person I am. I am not the like I have low tolerance for children that aren't my children
1: <laughs> So I'm not the
0: mom that's like, oh, before the pandemic I was not one of those moms like everybody come to my house and hang out no, I'm not one of those but I'm realistic about it like, If I wasn't realistic and I'm like, yes, all 20 bazillion kids come to my house, then I would just be miserable. I would be snappy. I'd be irritating. And instead, I just send my kids to other people's house who like to have children at their house. (laughs) And there is nothing wrong with that.
1: You know, everybody just needs to know who they are and, and just, you know, make sure that you're, doing you in a way that's safe for you and everybody else, right? You know, so the whole safety and making sure that you're fine, you know, nobody's you know being abused, fine. But like trying to bend over and be like, oh this mom did this. So I need no, there is no should be doing anything because anyone's doing it. You know, that's the quickest way to burn out and misery. And that's what I was doing. I can say this with such confidence because I I got the t-shirt and it's just so boring. (laughs) Like it's just so boring to be so busy live in other people's purpose. You've got to get clear on what is my purpose? Who am I? What do I like? What do I not like? Because one thing that a lot of moms do, myself included in those days, was, you know, all of these things that I thought, okay, well, you better do this to be good. And then you end up being miserable, not knowing that actually your kids are watching and doing exactly what you do. So like, you know, kids don't necessarily do what you say, but they're going to do what you do. So if they see you kind of putting yourself last, you know, never doing what you want to do, always angry because you're saying yes when you should have said no, you're literally creating same thing in them. So if you want your kids to be successful individuals who live the life that they're meant to be living, the best way you can do that is to show them.
0: Absolutely. And be realistic. I am not a volunteer mom. I tried for many years to be the volunteer mom. No, I'm the I'll write you a check mom. Yeah. Right. You need <laughs> money. We need, we need I'll write you a write check.
1: check. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need all of them. We need the check writing moms, we need the volunteer moms, we need the organizing moms, we need the sucker. we need all of them. All of them are relevant. But when we try and be the one we're not, nobody nobody needs that.
0: What are the biggest struggles that the bombs you work with have? Mm-hmm. It's
1: we kind of already started touching upon it now. It's this whole thing about everybody else is the focus. So it's kind of like, they have this kind of running to-do list of all the things that they need to do that is focused on everything and everyone but themselves. So there's not even a minute to think about themselves. There's not even a minute to kind of, there was one mom, mom, my heart lady broke for her. She was like, you know what, when I sit down to just kind of relax, I can't even relax for five minutes because I'm like literally thinking about all the things I need to be doing for everybody else. So it's this kind of feeling of like, we need to do, 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 do for everybody but ourselves. And it's actually quite dangerous as in physically dangerous Mm. because- you can burn out, I've literally been in hospital burnt out with stress, it is not fun. And even if you don't burn out, the other one I've experienced is just the resentment of like, well, when, is it, when am I gonna get a chance? And the sad thing is until we take a stand and say, you know what, I am important and this is my time. So my kids, literally they're five and uh, 18 months, they know that this is mommy's time when she has to even to do my exercises every day, 10, 15 minutes, this is mommy's time. So if you've got an issue, you go wait 15 minutes like, this is my time. So women never, you know, they're waiting for a good time or when they have time to kind of fit themselves in. That is the biggest issue because you will never find time. There's always something else, especially now in a global pandemic, there's always going to be another reason why there's no time for you. So that's probably the biggest thing I see. And then women either burning out from stress or just feeling resentful, not even know what they want anymore. Like, I don't even know what I want for myself if I had the time. That is so sad. I, yeah I'm not in the horrible that's so sad I mean it breaks my heart sad
0: yeah I um I lost myself in motherhood um not when I had my first daughter because I was I was a single mom I was working out of the house like all those things but when I had my twins uh, who are the final ones and that's when I really became like a stay-at-home mom I completely lost myself in like taking care of all these children and doing all these things and you know I've come to realize I need that time every day that's just for me so like I meditate for 15 minutes and I do yoga so for 15 true. minutes and then on the weekends I meditate for 15 minutes and I do yoga for 30 minutes and when they bother me I'm like no I'm doing yoga right now do you <laughs> is your arm broken is the house on fire like is this emergent no okay leave me alone please thank you yeah.
1: <laughs> no it's so important and you know the interesting thing is that you know it, it, these times it seems so funny all 15 minute yoga 15 minute meditation but actually it's in those moments for me I do meditate as well I do exercise as well it's in those moments I get the divine ideas and the downloads and everything that kind of solves all the other problems for me so when I was kind of running around like this hamster on a wheel trying to help everybody it, it was never ending But when I actually took that time for me it's like somehow in that taking time for me I created time in the rest of the time Do you know what I mean is that making yeah. sense I kind of get the ideas of how to kind of fix some of the other real things. As us moms, we're juggling a lot right now. I mean, I look at some of the clients I work with in this kind of pandemic, kids homeschooling everything, most of that falls on the moms, quite frankly, even before yeah. the pandemic, like three times all the unpaid work, childcare, three times that was on the women before all of this started. And you can only imagine that's kind of gone through the roof even more. So we need divine ideas that are not going to come from us being on a hamster wheel of life, with ourselves totally lost. We need that time for ourselves. We need those quiet moments. So for me, you know, I really help moms understand how can you carve out this time for yourself because you'll find that you make time just from that, giving yourself, even if it's 15, 20 minutes. Giving yourself that gives you much more for the rest of the time.
0: Yeah, here in the United States, um, a good portion of the people, over half of the people who lost their job or are unemployed um, during the pandemic are are women. Yeah. Um, because what happens when your kids are, mine are hybrid, so they go to school two days a week in person um, and then are off three days because they are only having half the class in at the time so they can socially distance them and all the things. Um, If I, I got laid off from my job in March um, and then unemployment for me ran out because I haven't lived in the state, like in Connecticut for very long. So I didn't accumulate much in unemployment and it ran out um, because our government didn't do as well taking care of us as other governments did. But anyways, Um, then I got a remote job. I am an administrative assistant for a digital marketing company right now, but it's remote. So I'm able to be home with my kids, but not all moms had that opportunity. A lot of them had to step down from their jobs or were laid off and couldn't go back because they need to be home with their kids when their kids aren't going to school full time. You know, as sad as it is in the United States, uh, school is daycare, like for a lot of parents, because child care here is outrageously priced well everywhere yeah
1: <laughs> everywhere it's, it's another mortgage for child
0: no. yeah. <laughs> i mean i would have to have a two in um child care and that would cost us like you're talking about like 600 dollars a month mm. um and in my husband's job it, it's not logical for him to step down from his job because his job is the, he, he, it pays most of the bills, right? So my job wasn't the bill payer. So it, it wouldn't make sense for him to step down. And I know a lot of households are, it's similar because a lot of men are the breadwinners. They are the ones paying the bills. And so the women are the ones having to step down. That's why I love the fact that you were working like in IBM and doing all these things because you don't hear that often. It's It's often the man that's the one doing that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to be honest, like a lot of, I love doing it. And, you know, it's it's interesting though, because yes, the men do it. And like, we have this typical thing, like the men's a breadwinner, winner. So lots of women step down. I understand all of that. The key thing, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier on, like about, you know, when you spoke about, you know, moms who are stay at home moms and who love it, you know, the key thing is, you know, what is your calling? So for you, I also love what you said about yourself. I've got to have some sort of project outside of my kids so every woman is different right there's women like me who were like oh my gosh how am I gonna last a year like without <laughs> doing something there's stay-at-home women who are like oh my gosh thank god I have a year I can finally be with my kids right And you know there's everything in between and all of it's okay I think that the big thing is regardless of what's going on in you know the world what your government did or didn't do is what is you know my thing like who am I am I the woman who's like okay right now I've been laid off because this company can't make it financially if you're the kind of woman who's who's at home and you're thinking well I really would want to be doing something else it looks impossible because obviously your company is like okay you're home now but I go back to what I heard in that room no matter what it looks like in the physical you are meant for more if you feel it within so if you check within you're like okay I've been laid off I don't see any other options I don't want to be home what is that more I'm meant for because I go back to what I said, there is nothing that's special about Maxine binary, there really isn't. It's available to anybody who is ready to connect to the power that's available to them to create. So yes, governments, they let us down all the time. Yes. I'm, I'm frankly not looking to any government to help me right now, because they will let you down at some point. So regardless of who's in what house, like you do not have to give your power to anybody in any house or any parliament in my case. Look within your heart and say, right, what is it I want? And if it doesn't currently exist, you can begin to co-create. You are that powerful and then get guidance to create something. I mean, look at you, you were like, right, okay, I'm home now. This has run out. Let me go work with this company as an assistant. Let me look at my masters. Let me look at, you know, my PhD. Nobody was sitting there waiting to kind of like hand it to you. You were creating that. So I say to people, you know, a lot of women, we are under so much pressure. So I can totally understand women thinking, oh my gosh, I can't, but forget all the pressure for for a moment, just for a moment, regardless of what it looks like in the physical, what does your heart say? And if your heart says, I'm meant for so much more, there's a way to create it. Because the fact that you have that desire in there means it's possible for you. And it's really partnering with the right people, or, you know, being somewhere where you're not surrounded by the doom and gloom. So I personally limit my news intake, because quite frankly, if you watch like You'll just end up being so angry, like if you watch the news more than 10 minutes over here. So, I kind of get the headlines of, of what I need to know to kind of live mm. my life and you know make sure I know what the rules are, etc. And then I kind of you know limit those sources of being kind of programmed from outside and go within and you know kind of back like what I was homeless, like what next? You know, get that divine guidance that will help you create. Something so incredible out of nothing. I think of this scripture. I love it so much because I've seen it over and over in my life. It's, in the, it's from the Bible. It says, "You know, behold, I am doing something new. Don't you see it? I am making a way in the wilderness." It literally talks about God creating a way where there is no way. And I've seen this over and over and over and over. And I know not, not everybody necessarily believes. I'm not trying to get you to believe anything. I'm just telling you what I've lived. As in, right. I was literally a non-believer, and like, oh, what is this nonsense? It's and your experience. Right, it's my experience, and um, I've seen this. So, you know, as bad as the circumstances may look, and they are bad, they're terrible. It makes me so angry what women have to go through. It really, really does. But I've known that me being angry and screaming at anybody is nowhere near as powerful as me going within and creating something that allows them, you know, encourages them to kind of then go create their own.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes it makes total sense. And I think sometimes we put realis- unrealistic timelines on ourselves right moms are like well I want to go back to school but I don't have time to go back full-time why can't you take a class like Mm -hmm. this this quarter or this semester and then take another one next semester or go part-time or you know all these things we put so much unrealistic um, timelines on ourselves which I think is a lot of the problem is moms are like I can't do this because I don't have the time Ooh, can you do a little bit like and exactly. work towards that? Like a yeah. little bit at a time when I was a, a coach, that's what I taught my clients. I stopped coaching because I realized I am not built to be an entrepreneur. I am not, yeah. I need a boss. I need somebody to tell me what to do. And then I'll just do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have to be realistic about our limitations. Um, so as we wrap up the podcast today, what is something that you'd like to leave the inspired women audience with?
1: Oh my gosh. I want you, even if you take away nothing from what we said, just remember that anything is possible for you. I don't care how bad things look, I don't care how impossible the situation looks, you are meant for so much more. And I, I think, you know, just to kind of follow up from what you were saying, Megan, you were saying that, you know, you might not be able to kind of do all of the things, but you can. What is a one step you can take? Because I think a lot of the time we get overwhelmed by our circumstances because we're like, oh, I want to fix everything by tomorrow. And that's not realistic. You can't like literally, you know, step into this big vision mm-hmm. you know, overnight or what you're usually aware of what is the next step I can take, you know? So I'd say number one, anything's possible for you. And number two, come up with a vision. Okay, if anything was possible, what would I create for my life? And so it might be the PhD, it might be all the big things, but then don't be limited when you think, okay, well, I can't do that tomorrow. Even if you have that big picture as you do, you do this, what is the very next step? You know, so thinking back to me in that story, I started with, if you told me in that room that, oh, you're going to go to Cambridge, you're going to travel around the world, you're going to do that. I'd be like, who are you kidding? Like, what is that? <laughs> my next step was to run out of that room. So you have the equivalent of what is my running out of the room right now for my situation? Because no matter how bad it looks, you can always run out of the room as your first step and then you get the next step and you get the next step and you get the next step and before you know it you start meeting people that help you and then you before you wake up one day you're like oh wow I just created impossible but just know that nothing is impossible anything you desire is possible you are that powerful
0: I love that you said that because I, I love that you pointed out like when you were in that room like and and we're being offered sex work you you only just left the room. You weren't like, I'm going to go to Cambridge and I'm going to get this amazing degree and I'm going to do all these things. You're like, I'm just, I'm just getting out of the situation. And yeah. then it was like, oh, here's this opportunity. You called it a clearing. Is that what you called it? Yeah, here's He's the right. clearing. Um, uh, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to do this. And it was, uh, one yeah. of my past guests, like many years ago said, follow the breadcrumbs. And that's Ooh, what made me think of. It. I love
1: that. Yes. Run out the room and then follow the breadcrumbs. <laughs> That's what I want to leave you with. <laughs> Anything is possible. Dream big. Don't even like, be like, oh, well, let me just get through this. No, dream your equivalent of like, I want to go to one of the best universities in the world, which looked so, it was laughable, not even impossible. It was laughable when I was in that situation. So I want you to build your laughable vision, run out the room and follow the breadcrumbs.
0: Oh, yay. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, my pleasure. I have loved it. You're like, you're like one of the easiest people to talk to you. I love it. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.